yesterday. You said today. So just do it. If they said yesterday, today, though, then wouldn't that be yesterday when they said it so they would have just done it that day? Yesterday they said tomorrow. If you're tired of starting over, stop giving up. But I have amnesia. I can't remember. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Buzzwords. Today we have a clinical pearls focused on the clinical rotation of internal medicine. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, good friend, longtime peer, and gunner extraordinaire, Bobby. What's up? Today is a first of many. We are actually recording the visual component in addition to the audio for this podcast. So get excited about that. You'll see our faces. You'll see our beautiful man buns and our, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Z t-shirts. And right. what do you have behind you, Bobby? You have a, a dummies, uh, a music theory for dummies book. It's, it's actually reading for dummies. It's I should have thought about it ahead of time because I don't know how to read. So how am I going to read a book on reading? If You know, it's one of those like cart and horse scenarios. All right. So today we are talking about third year, specifically the internal medicine rotation, which is notoriously difficult and kind of is uh, it's tough for a lot of people because medicine is this weird blend of kind of ebbs and flows throughout the day. It's it's a lot of work in the beginning and then, you know, it kind of backs off during the day and everyone is kind of secluded on their own computers, working with their own patients. So as a medical student, it's kind of hard to navigate sometimes since it's tough to know where exactly you fit in to the team and what your role is. How did you enjoy your medical rotation just off the bat? I liked IM overall. I started with surgery and then I went to IM. So I already was kind of like familiar with, you know, working in a team and stuff. So it wasn't that bad. And relatively speaking, it was kind of nice to have like a little bit of a uh, slower course throughout the day, you know. So kind of just walk us through what, very briefly, what your day entailed as an IM medical student. Yeah. So typically, you know, it depends on the team that you're rounding with, but you want to get there like an hour or two before rounds, especially when you're starting, give yourself some more time. Um, just to figure out, like, see what new patients are on the service and then, you know, pick up one or two of them, you know, earlier in the year, you can get away with just picking up, like, one patient. Usually by the end of the rotation, they'll want you to carry, like, three or four patients consistently. Um, and then I would just look at their charts, kind of figure out, you know, why they're there, like, what's going on. You can answer or, like, write up most of your soap note just from that, like, pre-rounding, especially if you, like, you look at the residence note from, like, overnight. That always has a ton of info in it um, and kind of will, like, save you when you go into the patient room and then they're, like, you go to talk to them and it's like five in the morning or six in the morning. They're like still kind of sleepy trying to tell you details. Um, and then after that, you'd kind of like get your synthesize everything together and like get ready for actual rounds. And then you'd round with the attending for an hour or two. Usually when I was on IM, we'd round from like probably 8.30 to like 10. And then it was just kind of like working on notes. There's usually like afternoon conference or something. And then I, I was typically out of the hospital by like two or three. Um, some people didn't have the same experience. Some people were there a lot later. Some people like will leave immediately after rounds. So it can be pretty variable. My what experience. was your experience? <laughs> so my experience was pretty similar. It entailed pre-rounding, getting there a little earlier than the residents or the interns, looking at the charts, kind of creating that outline for the day, what their complaints are going to be, what we need to change, and how we're going to progress, and then ultimately seeing the patients and getting ready for rounds, which you know would take anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours at worst. And then after that, I don't know, I was kind of a lazy, lazy medical student in medicine. I didn't really want to write notes. I didn't think that was really my role as a medical student. So I would do notes quickly, and then I would really just focus on studying. I had medicine first, so I really didn't know what to what to do with step studying, and I didn't know how to balance everything, so I was very, very focused on the onset of doing new worlds as much as I could. So you brought up a couple good points. I think the first thing that we need to talk about is just, as a medical student, having some agency in your day and figuring out what my role is and how can I best help this team, because at the end of the day, you are there to learn, you are there to get this, quote, medical school experience, but you're also now part of a real team with real physicians and real residents and real patients, so it has to be kind of a nice little blend of your education, which is important, but also 
with the logistics of the day and how you can best help. So one thing you already mentioned uh, that is great is that coming in early is key because you're not as efficient as others. I mean, you'll see attendings that you know can cover 15 patients with uh, just you know 30 minutes of, of charting. Um, so you have to come in early. You got to pick up your patients. You can't sit around and twiddle your thumbs and wait for the resident to assign it to you. I mean, just have some agency, be direct. Uh, when I came in as a medical student, something that I'd like medical students to do now as an intern is come in early, say, hey, this patient's now on our team from overnight. They seem interesting. Put my name on that patient. Like, just put it on him. Don't ask anybody. Take charge. Your resident will come in in the morning, see that your name is there, see that you've already kind of taken them under your wing and, and that you're already uh, ready to go. And I think that shows a lot of, of just kind of taking agency of your own education, but also uh, your willingness to help the team. Anything else you want to add in regards to that coming in early and, and picking up your patients? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, at least in our... Um we use Epic. And so there's actually a way to assign yourself as the medical student. And that was something that like the residents could see. And so if you do that before they print the list out, like your name would pop up next to that patient on the list. So they'd be like, Oh, you know, Bobby's taking care of them. And like, sometimes I wouldn't even like ask them or tell them I was picking somebody up. I would just put my name on it. And that shows like initiative. And then they see like, Oh yeah, they did pick up this interesting patient. Like they're doing it. Like you can be self-directed and they don't have to like babysit you as much if you do that. Exactly. Be helpful without needing prompting. I think that goes a long way. One of the best medical students I've had so far um, she would come in every day and she would ask how she could help, but she would also do a whole bunch of things, writing notes, seeing patients, um, facts, getting faxes from other institutions, doing a whole slew of things by herself without any prompting. And that was incredibly helpful because, again, you're on a team now and, and everyone is stressed and everyone is working hard. So you need to find a way to help the team in addition to your own learning. Definitely. So kind of off that, the second point I wanted to bring up and I wanted to get your input on is someone's willingness to learn. How do you balance as a medical student and how and how are you perceived, I guess, on the other end, as a medical student, when you need to learn and you want to learn, but you're also in this kind of fast-paced, relatively high-stress setting where the residents are already have all these demands of them and the attending is sometimes here, sometimes not, how do you find that a medical student can best navigate this kind of interesting dynamic to get the most education out of their day-to-day? Well, typically, I mean, it also kind of depends on when you start. So if IM is your first rotation, like, don't worry about studying while you're there the first week, like, just kind of get used to being in the hospital, get used to the ebb and flow, like figure out how the team works. Um, and then after that first week, you know, like your first week of third year, expectations are pretty low. Um, then you can start trying to, you know, whenever there's downtime, it's okay to study. Like if there's nothing, like do what you're supposed to do. And if there's nothing for you to do, like that's a good time to study, especially if your residents look busy or like, you know, the interns are like running around with their heads chopped off because they're so busy. Like it's okay to sit in the corner and study. Um, yeah. And people won't be upset they'll like i've had multiple you know you get like comments at the end of rotation that'll say like took initiative and like you know was self-directed in their learning like because i would just sit in a corner and read in the afternoon type of thing yeah no there's something there's something to be said about the balance between being part of the team and really you know being there being present and then knowing when to back off and i think we'll get to that something else i just wanted to say in regards to the willingness to learn is that when you're on rounds you're going to be expected to answer questions from both the residents and, and likely the attending so if you know attending a b c they ask you a question bobby oh oh, this patient has an elevated B1, why do you think that is? If you know it, that's great. And you should understand when you know it and when to show that to others. Don't be the person that's answering every single question. If you're in a group with three medical students, you know, don't be the one that's arrogantly pursuing every question immediately, not even letting the person asking the question finish and trying to one-up your fellow peers because that will not be mistaken as intelligence. That will be mistaken. That will be taken as a rather arrogant thing to do and people will not look at that fondly. So I think that's my first kind of tip is if you know it, that's great. Show people that you understand it, but don't be arrogant. And if you don't know it, there's multiple times, for example, during my surgery rotation, even my medical rotation, where someone would ask me a question and I wouldn't know it, or I would guess and it's wrong, or I would just ramble. One time I rambled about like the, um, you know, the triangle we talked about uh, for hernias. Workout triangle. Um, 
and no, this tassel box triangle sorry tassel box and the surgeon after I, I explained it after like you know rambling for 10 seconds the surgeon just looked and said what did you just say you just said a whole bunch of things i didn't understand like so if you don't know it that's okay keep your cool don't get flustered don't think it's the end of the world there's something to be said when people don't know something and they're able to keep their composure able to say oh that's interesting oh i didn't know that oh makes sense let me read about that and move on because everyone's there to learn no one expects you to know everything so if you know it, great, keep your cool. If you don't know it, that's also fine. Also keep your cool. And then finally, for your willingness to learn, it's okay to ask questions. And I'm sure it shows interest for a lot of people, but if you're asking questions every couple minutes, it will get annoying, especially if those questions are something you can just look up. You know, why Why are you giving this drug is sometimes not the best question. It's like, oh, I understand that this drug is does X, Y, Z, but why in this certain patient are you giving it at this time? That's a better question. And that's a question that shows that you're actually thinking. But if you're just asking residents every now and then, like, hey, why are we giving this or why are we giving that or, or why is this happening? Um, really, really find the best questions to ask and, and make sure that you're spacing them out so that you're not constantly just peppering them with questions and kind of distracting them from the ebb and flow of rounds. Definitely. Do you agree I with think, that or? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Up to date's really your friend. Um, you know, you can typically find the answer you're looking for. And in my experience, I think you should, if you're going to ask questions, they should be worthwhile questions or they should be questions that are for areas of controversy or controversy. So if it's like, oh, we could have done this versus that for this management. Like, why did we go with this route versus the other, like in this specific case? Right. And so you get into like the opinion and like the nuance of medicine a little bit more as opposed to being like, why did we give them a doper lol? You know, like it's, yep. it shows that you're thinking about it at a deeper level than just like not understanding what's going on. Yeah. And even as an intern, I still feel silly sometimes asking questions, but I found a way to just ask me, you know, one or two questions, pick my battle. There was a patient that came in maybe a week ago and, and was really out of it, altered. We we're thinking, oh, her, you know, her TSH was... Um, I think her TSH was really high, so we were thinking maybe there's like a hypothyroid component. So we were going down all these rabbit holes, and I realized that she was on all this kind of anticholinergics and antipsychotics. Anyways, I was thinking, oh, I was like, what about some like toxidrum, like some anticholinergic toxidrum? And I asked the attending, and he clearly, even though I'm an intern, even though I should quote know some things and and maybe not ask as many questions, he still appreciated it. It was like maybe one of three questions I asked that whole day, but it just showed that you were thinking. It's like, oh, they're on X, Y, Z. They're having these symptoms. These kind of correlate. These don't kind of correlate. I can see cases for and against what I'm saying, but what do you think? And it shows that you've kind of synthesized a thought process and presented it in a relatively concise and thoughtful manner. Right, definitely. I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard, like, there are no stupid questions, like, in the classrooms and stuff. There are definitely stupid questions on rounds, and, like, yeah. it'll be pretty obvious when you ask a stupid question, so you'll figure yeah. it out as you go, but still. What's lunch? Like, yeah. Get this fucking out. What do they have in the cafeteria today? <laughs> right or it's just like yeah distracting people and it's like there's a time and place for everything there's a time there's some rounds where i was dying laughing it was so much fun but you know 30 minutes later we were talking about some serious stuff with some, some patients so you, there's a time and place for everything you kind of just have to figure that out and that goes on to my third point which is emotional intelligence something that i think is kind of in vogue now over the, let's say the last five to ten years so hot right now so hot personal intelligence uh that and hamilton so hot so you kind of need to understand the push and pull of the day's work like we spoke about where you're rounding and it's it's rather busy and then after you know noon or after lunchtime people are kind of go off on their own tangents and they you know get their consults and they write their notes so you need to know when to be a part of your residence lives when you should help them and when you shouldn't do you have any tips for that i mean emotional intelligence is one of those things that like i feel like they try and do certain things in med school to like beat it into you but it's one of those things where it's like it should be pretty obvious what's going on um and i feel like it's kind like of what either you know it or you don't so like say you know you guys are like actively coding somebody like yeah maybe not the time to joke around but if you're just hanging out in the resident room like the residents are just sitting there like not doing anything like yeah that's fine to like you know shoot the shit and just yeah. like kind of hang out 
Yep. And, and I mean, even more subtle things, like if a resident that you know is typically, I, I'm saying this because this is probably how I, I was perceived at sometimes. You know, somebody's typically like easygoing. They want to sit down and they talk to you. They want to, they want to teach you. And let's just say you come in one day and you can tell like they're walking a little faster than usual. Their answers are kind of brief. They're not really, you know, giving you eye contact. It looks like there's something on their mind. That might be just enough cues for the normal person to say, hey, you know what? Like, let me give this guy a little bit more space and or let me ask if there's anything I can do to help him or her today because I can clearly see that today is not, you know, the ideal day for him. Maybe they have more right. patience. Maybe they're covering. Maybe they're doing something. So just understanding when you should help your resident, when you should back off, really step into their shoes. Because, again, like, you're there to learn, which is great. But your responsibilities are very low as a medical student. So you need to step into the resident's shoes and say, oh, you know what? Joe or Bobby or whatever has seven, eight patients today. Um, his resident is kind of on his ass this morning because he forgot to do X, Y, Z. He has four discharges. He has, you know, 14 notes to write. Like, maybe instead of asking him, like, why the albumin is low, I'll just go, like, figure it out by myself and, like, back off for a little bit. I think that goes a long way. And the residents won't, won't think you're ignoring them. The residents will appreciate that, like, you gave them their space to do their work. Right, definitely. And I think along those lines, too, something that you can do that, I mean, it doesn't help your learning a lot. I guess it helps you get better at, like, the process is um, figuring out what the interns and the residents hate doing and like what sucks up a bunch of their time and if it's something that you can do like you don't have to ask them you can just do it like yep. say they need to fax something or they're like trying to get you know outside records or something and they like have to go through like 100 pages of stuff like don't ask them just help them do it or like go send the fax or yeah. you know help them write discharge summaries like stuff like that like you can really shave off a ton of time and stress from their day and then that also frees them up to like teach you in the afternoon or whatever as well definitely yeah, it's so tough finding that balance. And as a medical student, sometimes you feel with certain residents and certain interns and certain attendings, I mean, this is unavoidable. Sometimes you're going to feel like, hey, like, no one cares about me. I'm just like another person here. If I left right now, you know, no one would bat an eye. So if you feel like that, try to make yourself as helpful as possible. But at some point, if you just, if you're getting the vibe that like today's just not a great day, then back off, do your own thing and just advocate for your own time. I mean, there's no reason you should be sitting there twiddling your thumbs full of anxiety that like you're not doing anything. Like, seek out the opportunity. And if there's no opportunities at that moment, that's fine. Ask if you can help. Maybe they'll let you go. If not, stay around. Find ways to help them or just kind of just like study yourself or go talk to peers or maybe even join some. Like sometimes when surgery was slow, I would just join another operation, for example. So medicine, I'm sure you could do similar things, you know? Yeah, definitely. If there's a paracentesis and the, and the intern from the other team is about to do it, you go watch the paracentesis to try to help. Uh, if there's a lumbar puncture, same thing. Go to a lumbar puncture, whatever you can do. And that kind of goes down to my last point, which is if someone tells you to go home as a medical student, Please just go home. Like if your intern or resident is like, hey, it's like two o'clock, it's four o'clock. You know, I know we're on long call, but like, you know, it's been a long day. You did great. Please just go home. Like go home. Like you can ask the question that every medical student asks. Like, oh, is there anything else I can do? Fine. Ask that once, you know, show some interest. But then if they're like, no, 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 go home. Stop. Don't fight it anymore. Don't be like, are you sure? Really? Because I've had medical students do that recently where they're like, are you sure? I can just hang out for like a couple more hours. I'm just like, please, for the love of God, right. go home. <laughs> I'm not teaching you anymore. I'm writing notes all day. You did great this morning. There were a couple teaching points. Like, if you want to learn about these later, feel free. But for now, enjoy your goddamn day. Yeah, definitely. I think there's an art to, like, kind of subtly, if there's nothing going on, like, subtly nudging, like, your residents to kind of, like, send you home as well. Like, the classic, like, is there anything that you need help with right now? Will kind of, like, prompt in their mind, like, oh, no, there isn't what we've already taught. Like, they should just go. And then um, if they say you can go home, just say, okay, thank you. Or if yep. they just say you can go home and prompted, like, you don't have to ask, are you sure? Like, is there anything you want me to do? You just say, yeah, like, sure. thank you. And, like, give, like, a genuine <laughs> smile because you're genuinely thankful that you get to go home early and just leave. Yep. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be this weird. It's not a test. It's not a quiz. Yep. And if it is, like, you're gotcha. not going to pass it anyway. 
like that resident you're gonna have issues with that resident regardless so like don't even worry yeah. about it yep and your eval the resident's like i told him to go home and he left the first time i told him to go home and he listened to me he didn't fight <laughs> it at all yeah <laughs> yep resident evals are hit or miss you're either gonna get a resident that's gonna give you an a plus or honors or whatever regardless of what you do or you're gonna get a resident that's gonna give you a passing grade regardless of what you do yeah very, i don't very you're not gonna win anyone over up or down really like it just is what it is I think that also yep. kind of plays in the last point too that maybe we should talk about today is like don't take anything personal in the hospital like people treating you a certain way doesn't really reflect on you it reflects nope. on them and like how they were at that point in time like it's you know 100%. some people are just mean and like some people don't want students on service yep. um like i remember i had one attending who clearly didn't want to be there he had like a research grant due next week and he somehow got like forced to be on the teaching service and he like never worked with students and um my co-student was presenting and he just said just stop talking like i don't want to i don't really care and you know that student was like really beat up about it but then we had him for the rest of the week and he was still mean to us but like he didn't want to hear us present so like we didn't have to do anything so i was like well yeah. like i'll make the most of this like i'll have more downtime to study and like <laughs> he would just leave after round so then the fellow that we were working with was like i feel bad for you guys like i'll teach you some stuff and then just like send us home so it ended up being like totally fine it's unfortunate i mean they really shouldn't put non-teaching positions on teaching teams but if yeah. it happens it happens um, yeah, never take anything personally. Even when you become a resident, I, my first, like, I think it was either my first or second day. It might have been my first day on my medicine team. I was told to get a C. diff test on a patient that was having diarrhea, and I went to MDR, which are these multidisciplinary rounds. And the nurse leader, the charge nurse, was like, can you DC this C. diff order? And this is an order that my attending wanted to put. And I was like, oh, and I tried to explain it. And she's like, she explained it. I mean, she was right. She's like, oh, this patient has been on these laxatives and has had a bowel movement X number of days and is now having bowel movements, but it doesn't warrant C. diff. And, but she was like very forward about it. And to the point where like these, there was like a nurse and a social worker and a PTOT and they like started laughing. They started like giggling at like, like it, she's like, it doesn't warrant it. And then everyone was like, oh my gosh, like, this guy's so dumb and la was laughing. And like, I was like sitting, standing there like my first day as an intern on the medicine team going like, holy cow, like I have a room of people laughing at me right now. And it feels really bad. But like, yeah. it's not, it was nothing that I decided. It was an, a reasonable thing to think about. Anyways, you can't take it personally. I took it personally for like maybe a day or two. And then I was just like, I vented to someone, I felt much better, and I moved on until now when I just yeah. about it. But <laughs> sounded like you're uh, just sucks. getting a little choked yeah, out my... there. Yeah, the thing is, if somebody if somebody above you tells you to do something, you're scot-free. Like, you go do it, and, like, you look stupid doing it, or, like, somebody's like, why are you doing that? The upper told me to do it. I'm just following orders. Yeah. You're good. No problem. Yeah. And, 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 and in my circumstance, the attending ultimately, like, reached out to those people and explained his thought process, and it was a, it was a cordial thing, and nothing came of it. But, um, yeah, just do your best. Ultimately, sometimes people forget like that we're all there for the right reason. We're all there to like help people, hopefully. And so um, sometimes because people either feel disrespected or overworked or something outside of the hospital is eating up their life or ruining their life, they, they bring it in and, and all of a sudden there's some issues and it really shouldn't be. So as a medical student, definitely, definitely, definitely don't take it personally and just take it as a lesson. Like this is like the real world, even the hospital where everyone's supposed to be helping people. There's still real world dynamics and real world drama and, and right. things that you have to navigate. Well, people are still people, like, regardless of the setting that they're in. So you yep. can have the same distribution of anybody or, like, any personality yep. type that you see outside the hospital will be inside the hospital as well. So, All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. As always, we have an Instagram, which Bobby knows well. USMLE underscore buzzwords. Perfect. And we also have a TikTok, guys. And I don't know if you guys are all TikTok savvy, but we got USMLE buzzwords TikTok. And these are kind of, like, high-yield snippets in video format. We've got some cool music behind the audio sometimes. And we're going to duet each other. So I'm going to ask questions on the TikTok and then Bobby will answer it and duet it. So it's, it's high yield. It's fast paced. It's similar to these podcasts, but just shorter snippets and things that, you know, come up throughout our studies and through our own kind of personal day to day and our personal education. We're trying to reach the youth. 
the youth, exactly. You got the TikTok dances, you got Charlie, you got Allison Ray, and now you got USMLE buzzwords. And so the last thing I'll say is that in the, in the prior episode, our Hemonk episode, we talked about our new Patreon. And so that's up and running now. We only have one tier at the moment because we're working on tier two components, such as uh, we got some high yield show notes coming your way. We got a Discord channel. We got Q and A's, live streams. Uh, we got a lot of we got a lot of goodies along the way, but we don't want to create this tier right now and not be able to deliver on them. So we have an earlier tier where we can kind of give you everything uh, from tier one at the moment, and then we'll be able to transfer everyone up to tier two once that's open. All right, guys, have a fantastic day and a great rest of your week. Bye-bye now. Later.